You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I am your host, Joshua Balta. Joining us today is a mainstay here at Hive Hoops, Darian Thomas from Believe Podcast Network. From the lead, Hornets lead, he leads the draft lead as well. Many of you know him on Twitter. This is Trust the Buzz, his truly. Darian is joining us to talk about some of this Hornets hype. Darian, how's it going? I mean, it's going good. It's going good, man. I'm excited. Uh, And, you know, finally get some good news in Charlotte because as we talked about off air, uh, the Panthers are not – are not that so <laughs> and I, so it's basketball season early basically <laughs> so i told darian this off you know you know pre-show i look like a damn fool right now i like we're we're recording this four hours after the panthers game i still got my my toboggan on my my, my panthers boggin all right just because i you know I, it, it wasn't that cold today, but, you know, I still was like, you know what? It's kind of, it's fall. Why not? Let's Why not? Why not? I got my Panthers, like, sweatshirt on. I was just trying to be cozy around the house, you know, whatnot. I look like a damn fool. Like, <laughs> I'm so sick of this trash-ass football team in the greatest city on the planet. And Oh, man. That's why, that's why we had to record. That's why we have to talk Hornets. And so very first, off the top, from the lead, Darian, are you buying into all of this Hornets hype? Of course I am. Of course oh, no. I am. I'm one of the people. Now, I will say that it's not blind hype. I, I get it. The only thing that will hold me back from being as high on the Hornets as I am is that at the end of the day, it's the Hornets. And they like to do things that cannot be explained. It cannot be explained through stats. Cannot be explained by the eye test. Cannot be explained by any metric you have. Can't be explained just, by science. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> Hornets. Like if that that should be something like on Basketball Reference, where it's just like the Hornets. Like it's that's the only thing that's holding me back is that something is just going to happen. That well, something could happen to make this team for some reason not see their potential yet again. I don't know what. I hope it's nothing. But it's happened every season. It's happened every season since we've been into the point where, you know what, this team might not suck. And every time something has happened. So hopefully this year we could just get a clean slate. If you look around sports, the Lions are good. The Orioles won 100 games. The Kings are good. Uh, Marlins made the the MLB playoffs. Yeah, so it's just like – The Kings, the Kings, (laughs) somebody, some some crazy person – Said that the Kings were going to win the West, like <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. So if if there is a time now for the Hornets to leave the bottom of the barrel, it is this time. It is this year. It seems to be everyone's. So like your general NBA fan, there's been a lot of you know posts on social media, like out of these teams, who's going to be the best this season? Who has the greatest upside or the best young core? Mm-hmm. Things. And when the Hornets are involved, it's like you said, the 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 comment from just your general, you know, everyday NBA fan is, well, it's the Hornets. Just like you said. <laughs> and Every time, man. I'm, so, I'm so tired of that. And I want that to be just a thing of the past. I want to 
I want to have our Sacramento King season. That's what I want. And if it weren't for Frank Reich, <laughs> David Tepper, and the BS that that entire organization over on Mint Street just put out all summer long. Right. And just, oh, we're we're a quarterback away. We we just need to get our guy. This roster is in place. I don't see why we can't win the NFC South. We won seven games last year. What's holding right. us back from winning nine or ten this season with a better coaching staff, with better quarterback play, with this with a better defensive mind and all of these things, better offensive minds, just this all-star coaching staff. Yeah, you thought it was We're, a brain trust, basically, is what, what they were telling us. Yeah. And if I didn't eat that stuff up all summer, I'm like, yum, 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 yum. Yes. Go Panthers. We're going to win the NFC South. This is our year. If it weren't for all of that, those crackpot old fools over on Mitch, (laughs) if it weren't for them, I would be so hyped for this Hornet season. But I, I, I just, like you said, well, it's the Hornet. <laughs> and coming off the summer that the Panthers organization tried to sell us on, and that I actually believed like a like a moron. If it weren't for that, I would be all in, man. Because I I, I feel like the team is there's some kind of joy. I mean, even yeah, yeah, for sure. Like Terry Rozier, and we'll get to him in just a moment. But even Terry Rozier, the the other day on WFNZ, he said this was the most excited that he's been to put on a Hornets jersey since he arrived in Charlotte. And I think he said he returned from vacation or the offseason early because he was so excited to. Yeah, because he stays at, like he stays in Miami. Like we, we yeah. remember two years ago, he got all the guys to come down to Miami. Mm-hmm. Like that's where Terry lives his you know summers at, and I don't think that surprises anybody. No, like it's so Terry Rozier if he spends his offseason in Miami. Like he's like, I know I'm living in Miami. That's where I want to be. (laughs) But he brought all the people, all all of the you know players. I mean, Michael Jordan came down. We all remember Mm -hmm. that night. But he came back to Charlotte a month early this time. Like he didn't bring all the guys to Miami. He just came back to Charlotte. And he stated that a bunch of the other guys have shown up yeah. as well around the same time as him and that they've been in the gym together doing their own personal workouts, you know, different things like that together over the past month. And um, I don't know. It just – the general vibes of the team, they do feel up. I, I And yeah. I, I don't think that we can – overlook how important that is when you really start talking about team chemistry and belief. And I I mean, because last summer was so bad, it's like, it's almost like the injuries were a byproduct of the mood in building. You know, it's almost like, you know, in life, we always say, you know, misery loves company or, Mm -hmm. You know, when you're down bad, like more bad things come your way. You, that whole mantra. 
And it's like last year, the vibes of the summer. I mean, we had multiple arrests. You had, you know, all of the things going on. And then just injury took place and another injury and another injury and another and another. And it's like all of the bad just kept breeding more bad. Kept going, kept going. Yeah, it just wouldn't stop to where this training camp thus far feels completely like the opposite. It's like there's sunshine and daisies everywhere. <laughs> and um, but I I, I want to hit on this first because uh on on the last episode. I made the statement that Brandon Miller was the biggest takeaway from media day. Just all of the love, all of the, you know, support and the flowers that were thrown in his direction, whether that be from the coaching staff or vet players, or even some of our other younger players, Brandon Miller seemed to be the recipient of high praise from nearly everybody in the organization. And so, as far as just buying the hype and just piggybacking off of my first question that I gave you, where are you currently on Brandon Miller? Are you buying into his individual hype as well? And where do you see that progressing and making an impact for the season? Uh, I think I, I am buying into it to an extent. Uh, it, the, I will say that some people who may think buying in is I think he's going to average like 18, six and four. That's not, that's not what he's a rookie. He's going to do a lot of rookie mistakes. But one thing that everyone has talked about is that he plays like a vet. He kind of moves like a vet on and off the court. And that's really all I want to see. To be honest, we've had so many uh, since LaMelo, at least we've ended, I guess, Mark. So maybe not as many. I'm mainly thinking of Kai and James Booknight. Yeah. But we've we've had two at least two rookies come in and they just looked almost less than rookies. Like almost like oh, y'all should have stayed another year in college or or the G League more time. I yeah. just hope Brandon Miller comes out and shows that he can be somewhat of a rotational piece. He does not have to make the right. Well, I expect him to kind of make some of the, some good decisions because that's what we've been hearing is that he's you know a great decision maker like I said he plays like a vet but I don't expect him to like take over games or anything but I expect you know just the the, the bare minimum almost is it's not like I'm expecting too much but I feel like he's going to give us more than that we like you said we've heard from PJ we've heard from Miles Lamelo Terry I think ever I think even Gordon Hayward had uh you know good words to say about uh Brandon Miller so if we can get him to kind of just be a decent piece, because, I mean, in reality, if you're thinking about last year's team and this year's team, he's essentially just replacing Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, a lot of what he did, even though sometimes it did keep us in games or even win us games on occasions, it was just he comes in, doesn't play that much defense, chucks up the ball. Brandon Miller comes back, plays a little more reserved. He he, play, he takes care of the ball a little more. And the, the mistakes he makes are the simple rookie mistakes. Yeah. Then I think we're. I think that's a good sign for us. I think that that's pointing us in the right direction. And if this team is, you know, looking to make the playoffs, if the worst thing I can say about Brandon Miller at the end of the season is that he's a rookie, I think that's a take. That's a win. That's a, that's something that we should be proud of because rookies are going to make mistakes. So as long as he's not doing anything like out of the ordinary or anything that's costing games, I mean, if we can just have him just be a decent player, which. As of right now, we're just saying because he's coming, he more than likely will come off the bench. If he can just come in and, like I said, just hold down his little bench minutes, I mean, I think also by maybe the turn of the year, well, he might start. So then expectation may shoot up a little bit. But as of right now, like I said, if at the end of the year we're just like, he's a rookie, 
he made rookie mistakes, but if you look at like what he did on the court, I'm more than happy with that. And I and I think that we should all be happy about it. And if that is what we said at the end, then I think that we're playoff bound. If at the end of the year we're saying Brandon Miller just played like a rookie, but he still had, you know, ups and downs, I'll take that any day of the week. Any day of the week. It's the other guys are more so they, they need to be on their P's and Q's kind of. But for Brandon Miller, I'm not expecting much, not to his talent, but as far as just how we've seen rookies get slowly incorporated into Charlotte and just the standard rookie, you know, perception anyway. Yeah, when when the players are, you know, lauding his talent and his playmaking and just the feel, like that's something yeah. that, that LaMelo mentioned. He said just playing next to, you know, B-Mill feels right. Yeah. And – you know, that's what some of the other guys were talking about, too, is he just knows where to be. Like, even when the ball's not in his hands, like, he knows what to do. Like, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands in order to impact the game. And so when they're saying those things, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's those are vets saying nice things. But the one that really started getting me to turn, it's it's Steve Clifford. Like, Steve Clifford doesn't. Like, he is one of the most real guys you are yeah. going to meet across the NBA landscape. He's not going to fill you with a bunch of fluff. He doesn't do fluff. And so his praise that he's been throwing out for Brandon Miller, he's mentioned his IQ multiple times. And he said, I, I mean, when I see him, it's just like he knows how to play. And I, another thing I like about what, speaking of Steve Clifford, is like, we know Brandon Miller as a shooter. Like, that was like coming into the draft, that was his thing. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. When you hear Steve Clifford talk about Brandon Miller, that's like the last thing he mentions. Sometimes he doesn't even mention it. Like, that he's is so busy true. naming everything else. You're like, oh, well, how's he shooting? And it, it, that doesn't even come up. Like, no, it doesn't. I guess it's a given. It's like a given, you know? And we've seen the little clips here and there where he like doesn't look like he's missing. But Steve Clifford brings up literally everything. I think I've heard him name every area of the game more weight 10 times more than his Brady Miller shooting which I'll take it because if Brady Miller came in as a shooter then we should know the shooting's fine how's everything else looking and it sounds like everything's looking great and one thing I know that Steve Clifford said that really surprised me was uh he said he'll get a lot of minutes early yeah Steve and with Steve Clifford saying that about a rookie it's like that's his way of saying that's like a sixth man you know like in Steve Clifford's words like saying Saying he'll get a lot of minutes early, that's that's up to me, knowing Steve Clifford at least as long as we have. That's almost a, almost a starter saying he'll get a lot of minutes early because, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't fluff anything. If he was going to be a starter, he would say it. But saying that he'll get a lot of minutes, I know that some of us thought, you know, maybe he'll be the seventh, eighth man. But I, I really – he might be the first person to come off the bench and maybe the player to close certain, certain games depending on lineups. Yeah, he might. And, that, like, that's what has me – buying into I guess the Brandon Miller hype you would say because I had you on uh pre-draft right for an episode and you were much higher on Brandon Miller at that point than I was you know I've I've been well documented here on social media I was a scoot guy 100,000 yeah, and, and remember I was too I was, yeah no I no I do too yeah but whenever yeah. it came to just Brandon Miller specifically like yeah, I didn't sure. have Brandon Miller number three on my board mm-hmm like, I had Amen Thompson ahead of him. Now, for the Hornets, I think the fit, like, I yeah. think Brand, the conversation between Brandon Miller and Amen uh, Thompson, I feel like that conversation was closer to be had than the Scoot Henderson-Brandon Miller 
fit conversation. I, I I just thought Scoot was clear in a way the second best player in the draft, and like you don't need to you don't need to draft for fit. But anyways, I'm gonna get off that. And but I had you on for that, and one of the reasons was his shooting. And I think what you're stating is, and I mean, this isn't news to anybody, but Brandon Miller's shooting was supposed to be his greatest. At, you know, attribute coming into the league mm-hmm. and the fact that Steve Clifford isn't mentioning it I I've noticed the same thing I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's key to what's taking place here because it is the other pieces and parts and areas of the game that we really want to see like I expect I'm gonna be disappointed if he's not coming into the league shooting 35 percent in his room. right, right. Like anything less than thirty-five percent from three, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be frustrated. Yeah, because we're talking about someone who was really close to shooting forty in college, if not forty. I can't remember, but it was it was close. So it was. Yeah, it was over forty. 30, yeah. So anything under thirty-five would be that. It's like it's almost as if you're not, unless the other areas are so far advanced, like much further than we thought. Yeah. Then maybe. But if he's still kind of just decent at other things and not shooting over thirty-five. Then we might we might need to have a conversation, but I, but from everything we're hearing, it doesn't seem like that way. It seems like it's all going as according to plan. So you already kind of alluded to this. So I think if you were to ask many people who are tapped into the you know Charlotte Hornets, whether that be on the ground or whatever, and then if you also asked a lot of people who create content surrounding the team, different things. And if you had asked who do you believe is going to be playing in that six-man role, you know, and seventh-man role once everybody's back, I think the conversation for most would have – the the names mentioned would have been Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, depending upon how you stagger the starting lineups, different things. Because the, the top six on this team when everybody's back, you have LaMelo, you have Terry, you have Miles Bridges – you have Gordon Hayward, um, you have P.J. Washington, you have Mark Williams. Those are your top six yeah, guys, for sure. right? But then for that seventh role, I think a lot of people actually would have given the nod to Cody Martin, a healthy Cody Martin. Yeah, I, I, and I would have been one of those people because He's, what he what he does, no one else on his team does. And, and yeah. now you can take that good or bad, but sure. but but we what he does is something that is very much needed in the NBA. And as of right now. You know, Frank Nielakina aside, Edmund Sumner aside, he's the only person we know that can uh, defend the point of attack consistently throughout a whole season. Yeah. So would you say that the greatest benefactor of Cody Martin missing more time, which is an entirely different conversation? That's a whole podcast episode, maybe, maybe two. Yeah, legit. <laughs> I mean, it's just awful. But would you say the greatest benefactor is going to be Brandon Miller? Yeah, he's your yeah. guy that steps up, especially with that. the news of James Booknight. Because I thought maybe James Booknight would get spot minutes, and if he goes out in his ten minutes and get eight, you know, I think that would push him up a little bit. But he has some kind of injury. Um, I actually have not heard a lot about Bryce, I, and I don't Bryce McGowan's, and I don't know if that's good. I can't. I don't know. Yeah. I know what kind of player he is, so I would assume maybe he's one of those things where it might be good if you're not hearing his name, uh-huh. but. uh that's it. And then it goes straight to Brandon Miller, which we've heard nothing but glowing reviews about. So yeah. I, I it, it would almost have to go to him. Steve Clifford name dropped Frank 
Nilakina. Oh, he did. He did. The other day said that he's played a lot of NBA minutes. He's experienced. He brings something on this team at the point of attack defense. He's an elite defender. He used the word elite. He did. Defender. He did. And so, or I guess the phrase. And so that has me thinking there for a while. I was wondering like who's going to get, you know, those Cody Martin minutes. And I think, I think Brandon Miller's just going to be in the rotation straight up. I think he's going yeah. to be the guys that's just there. But I think the greatest benefactor of Cody Martin missing time is actually going to be Frank Nilakina now. Just I after hearing because it sounds like he was a Cliff guy. Like Cliff brought like apparently gave the call and said, Hey, come in for the workout. We just kind of want to see how it is. Because you know, when you're a when you're an NBA guy like Steve Clifford, like when you play against these teams, there are guys, role players. Not not talking about the Kevin Durant's or the you know Devin yeah, Booker yeah. or the Jason Tatum's or the Giannis or the Damian Lillard's. Not talking about the stars, right? Mm-hmm. But there are role players that every coach just kind of falls in love with, and they're like, you know what? If he's ever available for trade, if he's ever on the free agent market, and I still got another spot left on my roster, and I need a guy that I know is going to buy into my way and just come in and give me exactly what I'm looking for. Every coach across the league has those guys. Oh, it seems sure. like every coach. Yeah, and it seems like Nilakina just so happened to be one of Clifford's guys uh, in that department, and so I could see him uh, picking up some of those minutes. And then I also think Brandon Miller will kind of pick up some of those additional minutes, depending upon how well he's playing, defending, mm-hmm. knocking down shots, different things like that. Yeah, and even two, it had to be two years ago because the Mavs didn't make the playoffs last year, but two years ago. Praying Lakina was on Devin Booker and giving Devin Booker problems. Now, yeah. obviously, Devin Booker is a different Devin Booker. You know, he's still growing and developing. So I can't I can't promise you that would happen today. But two years ago, he gave Devin Booker problems in that series between the Mavs and the Suns. So if he can guard Devin Booker and he was switching and he was like forcing Devin Booker to pass up the ball, he he was doing a lot. He was giving Devin Booker a hard time. If he can do that to Devin Booker two years ago, I I mean, not maybe hopefully not much has changed. I mean, we're not asking him to guard Devin Booker, you know. We just need you to guard whoever's Kyle Lowry in this case or Tyler yeah. Hero or those type of players who kind of are in the mix with the, the Jante Murray would be another good one. Uh, the Thousand Guards, the the uh, Magic Hat, those type of guys. Yeah. You could do that. <laughs> we're, we're talking business here because, I, like I said, I, like, I went back and watched his highlight because someone posted on Twitter just like a three minute thing of his highlight and it looked good. It looked solid that, yeah. you know, he, uh, Terry Rozier said it last year, defense is like 50% effort. And frankly, Ken Dev is going to give you that. Um, and I know that his offense leaves a lot to be desired, but I've said time and time again about this team for the last two years, we have a lot of offense. We have so much offense. Now, does he need to hit a corner three for sure? That's the same thing we've been saying about JT Thor. Like he needs to at least develop a corner three, but, Outside of that, we don't need you to do much. Maybe playmate because, you know, but I think we're going to play outside of the middle. We're going to play mate by committee because I believe everybody has a good handle for the ball. But if he can just defend and handle his minutes in terms of playmaking, which hopefully he's not on an island by himself being asked to handle all the playmaking duties, uh, depending on the rotation. But if he can defend and playmate, I, I, like you said, I, I would definitely see him shoot straight up to kind of uh, – that sixth, seventh man role, uh, just because, well, yeah, seven because of the top six. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I can see him shooting, especially Brandon Miller being a rookie. Even though Steve Clifford said great things, we still know how Steve Clifford is with rookies. Even And I think sometimes people think he's punishing them. I think he just wants to ease them in the game. Because if you're Brandon Miller, you come out your first game, you're 0 for 10. Like, Brandon Miller seems like a very reflective type of guy, and we don't want that to, you know, sit sit on him and he feel like he lost the game, whatever the case may be. So I feel like sometimes it's seen as Steve Clifford just doesn't like rookies, but I think really sometimes he's protecting them. Uh, because right now this is a very big year for the Hornets. They they have to get something right. Even I, this is one of the seasons where hopefully no injury happens, but even an injury, I think people are just going to be like, okay, I'm sick of this. So they, they have to get it right. Um, so he's definitely going to be playing a rotation. So it would make sense that you have a guy who's played a lot of minutes like Neil Aquina to kind of get the edge over Miller in certain situations. I th- Steve Clifford's a very smart coach. Obviously, if they need points, he's not going to put in Frank Nielakina. Yeah. Uh, so you'll see the you'll see the rotation yeah, kind of a little wonky, but for the most part, in the big games, I think Nielakina is going to get the nod. Yeah, and I think to your point, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think it'll be situational between yeah. those two. Um, some people may be listening to this right now and being like, "What the hell? We're going to put Frank Nielakina <laughs> in over the number two overall pick on a twenty-seven win team from last year? Like, you got to be kidding me!" But like. Guys, that's how this thing goes. And, like, we we weren't your typical 27-win team last year. Everybody knows if you followed – well, not everybody knows. Yeah, obviously. Because this offseason has been don't terrible. Know because <laughs> everybody just talks about the Hornets as if they are, like, in the cellar. But for anybody who's followed this team closely, you know what led to this team, you know, seeing a decrease of 16 wins last season. I mean, you know. And so I think uh, still in that rotation right there, I think I think Terry Rozier still going to see the backup point guard minutes currently. I think that Clifford's going to stagger those minutes between he and LaMelo when LaMelo comes out. Um, and then I think Nilakina is going to assume the like backup shooting guard minutes. I, I think that's that, how that's going to work. And then I think if you have – Rogier, and then you have Nilakina, and then you got Brandon Miller in, and you stagger that with some Gordon Hayward minutes. I think all of a sudden you start to have enough playmaking on the court while also having a nice balance of defense and veteran, you know, presence and different things. And so I it's going to be interesting. I this coaching staff is going to play a massive role this year. And we'll get back, we'll, we'll get into this in a little bit uh towards the end of the episode but this coaching staff is going to play a massive role with its rotations and what it does but I want to I kind of want to move to this real quick what are you making of you know this veteran leadership praise for Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward all of a sudden this offseason we've never heard this before other than Terry Rozier getting the team together in Miami like we already stated um, we really haven't heard anything about this, uh, like at all. And so, but now all of a sudden in, in prior seasons, but now all of a sudden this off season, you're hearing a lot of that. What do you make of it? Uh, for Terry Rozier, I want to start with Terry Rozier first with him. One of my things I've always said about him, uh, because people would say, Oh, well, Terry should be a veteran. Uh, he should lead these guys. And I've always been like, that's not really him. It, he's more of a, he's kind of like that bridge guy. He's like the, the best way for me to put it is that to these, to a lot of these guys like Lamelo, Miles, PJ, Terry's seen more of like 
the older brother who will kind of your parents say something, your older brother funnels it then to you. So what your parents actually said isn't exactly what they told your brother. It's kind of, that's kind of he was kind of that gap where I'm going to be cool with the, with the young, you know, the younger guys on the team, but I'm also going to carry myself a certain way to where, you know, I'm the, you know, I I do carry some weight around here, but I also want to be cool and hang out and joke with these guys. I feel like now he's more so entered into I think he was talking about it when he was mic'd up like you're nine. I think he is entering that like on court coach type of role where he's like, all right, I'm the veteran at this point. I'm leading these guys. You know, he's, I think his ascension is, is kicked in. Did it kick in last year? Or did it kick in this year? Yeah. So we're on year two of his. New okay. Contract. Year two. So yeah, I think he's like, okay, so I'm, I'm, I got extended. It's my time to kind of be that veteran. Like it's, it's my time. And I, and I think he's doing a good job of that. He, he seems like he's embracing it. Uh, just by hearing him talk, it I, it makes me believe Steve Clifford. Uh, but we still have to see it. It will even if he is taking that role. To me, this is his first year doing that role, so there's going to be some ups and downs. He's always kind of been, you know, he had probably some of the best interviews after the game. He'll be the guy. He's the main guy to be like, yeah, we did we did this poorly, we did this poorly, we did this well, but it still didn't seem to translate. I think hopefully this year he's embracing it more. I think he was trying not to be that guy because one thing about being that guy is that you have to admit you're older. You know what I mean? And I don't think he was ready based on his personality. I just don't think he was ready to be like, I'm old. Like, but I think now <laughs> he's ready basketball terms, at least. Cause that's, what's crazy about sports in general. Like you're 30, you're old all of a sudden that doesn't make any sense, but I think he's finally embracing that. And I look forward to that with Gordon Hayward. My biggest thing about him is that he's always been kind of the leader on the court. That's, but he was never on the court. And it just didn't seem like we they would pan him on the bench. Now, granted, I'm not in control of the cameraman or what they do, but every time they show Gordon Haver like on the bench, he would just kind of be by himself, not talking to anybody. If the huddle was coming in, he would be like behind everybody. And it's like for me personally, that's not kind of the person I am. Like I, I like the rah rah guys. You don't need to get in there and scream, but I like the guys that even if you're hurt, you're involved. We've seen people who are suited, you know, they're not playing, but they're in the middle of the huddle, you know, so, you know, relaying information or whatever. Gordon Hayward never struck me as that kind of guy, uh, but it seems like this year he is. We've we've heard players in their interviews, Bryce McGowan's being one of them, saying that Gordon Hayward's just helping him get a lot of advice on and off the court. Uh, we And we've heard Mason Plumlee kind of talk about how Gordon Hayward, George J.G. Thor, we've heard him, Nick Richards. So it's good to hear that Gordon Hayward's kind of getting more involved. I don't expect him to get on the court this year just because we're hearing this and start screaming at the top of his lungs. Still not him. But it does seem like these guys are embracing that. I'm no longer here to kind of be the guy anymore. I'm no longer here to lead the charge. I'm just kind of here to make sure I put LaMelo, Miles, PJ, Mark, Brandon Miller now in their best position. My job here isn't to lead the troops. My my job here is to make sure I can do whatever I can to make sure they're ready. And I feel like they they finally have embraced that. I have a theory. I think it's PR. You think so? <laughs> I, I do. I all off season, I will say it did sound kind of like I was telling someone uh, on social media. I was like, they're trying to up their trade value. <laughs> like, I, maybe, maybe, maybe it's the trade value. I'm not sure. All off season, we heard Mitch mention time and time again. I'd like to bring in a vet. I'd like to bring he in. Say that. I'd like to have you know a vet who can impact you know the game, but also for the locker room. And he would mention Steve Clifford being a strong leader. He says right now we don't really have that in the locker room. 
also including Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward when he would make that statement, right? Yeah. But we have a really strong leader in Coach Steve Clifford, and he would mention LaMelo Ball and trying to grow and in that area for him and to become that leader and all of those things. I think Mitch Kupchak just didn't get us a vet. And so all of a sudden, he's like, okay, hey, we didn't get a vet. There's been a lot of talk about how we need a vet in this locker room. We've had a bunch of going down in this locker room over the past couple off seasons. Just still with Kai, which. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just on media day, just say that Gordon and Terry have assumed that leadership role. We're just going to. We're just going to say that they are leaders. And it's like, I I don't know. I, I'm not fully buying it. And I think it's because of what's happened on Mint Street. It's just messing with my yeah. mentors. Like, no, I, in my, I will admit, my answer was very, very hopeful. Like, it's very, very – because this is the thing. Like you said, we did not get what Mitch Kupchak said we would get. So, the, no. the next best thing was to tell the guys you're already paying Okay, let's get our guys that are right? over 30 and say <laughs> that they're up. going to be our leaders <laughs> – they're making $55 million combined <laughs> this year. They need to be the leaders. That's yeah. literally why we brought them in here. If That's anything, it's role. probably that. <laughs> it's probably that. It's probably like, look, dude, at this point, we're paying y'all. The production <laughs> is okay, like, but we need y'all to sign Like, We need you guys to do something in that locker room. I need you guys to be some dads up in there. Like, I, I was telling uh, my wife, I was telling – because she, she – um, I used to show her clips of old LaMelo from um, – when he was balling the family. And I was like, it's hard to watch these and be like, he's the most like to earth guy in the locker room for the most part. The guy who was doing all kinds of crazy stuff on that show, which obviously he was a kid, but still he grew up to be the most regular person on our team, which is insane. If that, if that's the case, then that tells you about the other characters in the, in the locker room. Yeah, man. So LaMelo's defense has also been mentioned a couple times. I just yeah, real quickly, I just Clifford has mentioned that with LaMelo is, uh, you know, more patient getting into the paint and being patient, you know, uh, but also defensively. He said he stated that he's gotten to better. He's gotten better defensively. And so uh, me personally, man. That's all I really want to hear because I know his offense is going to be there. And when he's not surrounded by just a bunch of guys that are thrown out there because, you know, we actually have our best players on the floor alongside him in a non-injury plague season, hopefully. All right. I don't expect for him to just be shooting a bunch of shots. Like a bunch of people who didn't pay attention to the Hornets, they're like, LaMelo had this high usage rate, but his efficiency went down and all of this. It's like, guys, did you – you obviously didn't watch who was on the floor with him. <laughs> there was times we were missing Dennis Smith Jr., and it, you saw how bad it hurt. That that tells you where we were as a franchise. A guy we pulled off the street right before training camp was one of our best players last season. Yeah. And when he was gone, it was noticeable. It, it was, was like, oh, my God. Like, it was. So that's, that tells you the type of talent he had around him at parts of the season. But, yeah, the, just hearing the defense is – I mean, that's music to the ears For that, sure. you know, with Clifford mentioning that. Because uh, he didn't have to. Once again, mm-hmm. Clifford does not fluff. He's not going to say stuff that he doesn't believe. And so the fact that he mentioned that, I mean – Without that, being asked. I don't think anyone – I think they just yeah, asked no. the mellow in general when he mentioned that. Yeah, 
Um, real quick, I want to get your prediction um, on the season and just kind of where you're thinking right now. I know you said that you're vibing with this team. Where are you at with it? Man, I, I'm vibing with the team. Uh, I see some people saying six seed. I can see it. I see the pathway. I will say a month ago, I did not see the pathway. I was like, I'm looking at, hopefully I'm looking at the same map you're looking at. I still don't see the, the route you're taking, but I'm, I'm seeing it now. It makes more sense, especially with the heat not getting Damian Lillard. Yeah. Uh, that that helped a lot. Do I think it will happen? Six seed, that's still a little too high for me. It's a yeah. little too high for me. Uh, play in? Play in for sure. I, it, okay, good. It's it's. Do I want Wait. another play in? No. Like we've, we've been sure. there, done that, no. and it sucks. But I think that's the reality. In this season, particularly, East has gotten just so much better. It would be a little unreasonable to ask them to make the sixth seed um, without everything falling in their favor, which were the Hornets at the end of the day. Uh, which East teams do you have them above? Oh, Pacers for sure. I keep seeing that one all the time. Pacers. And not the Pacers are bad. I just think we're better. Like that's, that's, I do too. That's the reality I agree. Uh, Magic, only because they have all the talent. They just have so much talent. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Figure out who's. But nothing's wrong with that. You, they yeah. got. I promise you, in two, three years, they'll be great. Uh, Wizards. I keep seeing people. Just, I don't know if it's Jordan Poole. I don't because it's like outside of Jordan Poole, who is streaky in his own right. They don't really have anything else. Uh, so I, I, I don't get that. Uh, Raptors. They talent wise, I can see it. Like when their best players are playing their best, I think so. They, I think they got us. But that that uh, we saw last year that didn't happen too often, and it's just there. As we we're talking about, the Hornets vibe is up. Their vibe looks com- the complete opposite. Agreed. Much, much the complete opposite. Um, Pistons. Oh, for sure, Pistons. Same. And Pistons, Pistons are like another version of the uh, Magic to me. A lot of talent. Still got to figure it out. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I just think we're better. And then the Hawks are kind of like where I got I, you. Yeah. That's kind yeah, of that's that's kind of my cap right there. Yeah, but Bulls. they got Trey Young, who there's no telling. It, this could be a 30-10 season for him, or yeah. but if it's more of like a 2010 or something, I think that maybe we could have the conversation. The Hornets are above the Hawks, but as of right now, I know what their guys can do. All their guys have performed in the playoffs before. They just have not been able to find their way back. Some people said that's coaching, so maybe a, a summer under Quinn Snyder will help them. Uh, so that's kind of where our, our top is, but I don't even think they're that that much better than us. I don't think they're. Yeah, no, I agree. Better. I think we're in the same category. For sure, I really do. That's where we're in the same tier, at least. Okay, so you're looking nine, ten seed right now, having to go right. to play in. Okay, yeah, no, I got that. I can, I can vibe with that, even though I'm not, you know, I'm not buying in fully. I'm not, I'm not going to allow my heart to do that and hurt me again. <laughs> you know, I've built up these walls. Um, <laughs> hey. If six C does happen, Steve Clifford's got to be on that short list of coach of the year, right? Easily, quickly, yeah, has to quickly. be. With everybody saying that the Hornets are going to be thirteenth at best in the East, not everyone, yeah. but a, so lot a lot of the of, national, a lot of the main players, yeah, yeah, like a lot of your national like media members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this team gets six, seven seed in that range, and they supersede, and they're around 45, 46 wins. Yeah. I think yeah. he's gotta be on that short list. He's gonna have a lot to do with this team this year. Uh, I think this coaching staff is going to play a massive role in changing the season plus three, plus four wins in either direction. They've got to figure out the rotation. Darian, I've enjoyed having you on, man. As always, I always enjoy having you on. You go be great, brother. 
All right, you do. You two hold in there for the Panthers. You got to. Oh man, I can't, I can't do anything with them anymore. They've killed me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by the League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.